Welcome to the Renew Life Church Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Are y'all doing good? Man, I'm really excited to be with you this morning and get to share, um, share this message with you. And, and honestly, just to, to get to spend time um, around the body of Christ, around other believers, around other people who believe. How many of you came today and you needed to be around somebody who believes, right? You needed, you needed, a, you needed an injection of faith. You needed, you needed someone to encourage you and love on you. That's what the body of Christ is all about. That's why we're here. You know, I want to piggyback off of Braden's message last week because he really began to talk to us about the body of Christ, the importance of one another in, in our lives, the importance of having people who can come into our life. And he, and he really made a, a big statement, a, 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 um, a big point last week. And he said, you know, just like we need Jesus, just like we need the Father God, just like we need the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, just as valuable and just as needed are people in our life. I know when he said that for some of you, it was, a, it was kind of a hard statement to swallow because you were kind of thinking like, Braden, do you, do you know what people are? <laughs> You're saying just as much as we need Jesus, just as much as we need God, just as much as we need the Holy Spirit or the Word. You're telling me next in line are people. You know, it's actually very biblical and it's very scriptural. How many of you know that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost? That we literally carry God, God in spirit. We carry him inside of us, which means this, and Cody was kind of alluding to this already. It means this, is that when I come in contact with you, I'm not only coming in contact with you, I'm coming into contact with the God in you. When you come into contact with people, you're not only coming into contact with, with, their, with their personality, with their characteristics, um, with the way that they look, with, with the way that they smell. That was a joke. Um, moving on. We're actually coming into contact with another side of God that maybe we do not carry if we receive them. If we're open, if we're open to receive people into our life. I love what, what John chapter 13, this is Jesus talking, and just to, to kind of prove this point, look at what Jesus says. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who welcomes my messenger. In other words, anyone who welcomes someone who carries the Spirit of God, anyone who, who preaches Jesus, who is following Jesus, I tell you the truth, anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me, Jesus, and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming my Father who sent me. Did you know that by welcoming and by receiving other people, you're not only welcoming the person, you're welcoming Jesus, and therefore you're welcoming God into your life. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know you were that cool. <laughs> Look back at your neighbor and say, I didn't know I was that cool. <laughs> You see, here's the truth today. People, say people, people have the ability to shape and to mold us into becoming more like Jesus. But there's a big kicker to this whole thing. There's, there's something that we have to do. See, see while, while people can carry this ability, the truth is 
we actually have to let people do it. If we do not let people influence us, if we do not let people shape us, they won't. We actually have the ability to stop. Hear me today. This is powerful. We have the ability to receive the God on the inside of them. We also have the ability to hinder and stop the God on the inside of people. Newsflash to everyone this morning. Guess what? We don't carry the fullness of God. You in and of yourself, you do not carry the fullness of God. In fact, I believe this. I believe divinely God did not give you things. He did not give you every single gift. You know why he didn't give you every single spiritual gift? So that you would actually go find and connect to the gift that you're missing in somebody else. He literally created us to have to come together. We have to come together. We have to to, to come together and, and meet with people and learn from people. That means we learn from other races. That means we learn from people who don't talk like us. That means we learn from people who don't look like us. That means, that means if we're an athlete, we need to be friends with the creatives. That means if we're a creative, we need to be friends with a lot of people who have structure in their life because you ain't got none. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> that means if you got a lot of structure, you need to get around creative so you will flip and loosen up a little bit. Have a little fun in life. Begin to dream. I love to get around dreamers because I'm not naturally a dreamer. I kind of live day to day. I kind of live, you know, just moment to moment, never thinking about the future. Sometimes the dreamers, they can get a little annoying, but they're good to be around. It's like, are you always, you're always in the clouds. Yes, they are. They're always in the clouds. See, we got to get around people who are not like us. Come on, if you wear Wranglers, get around somebody who wears skinny jeans. Some of y'all are like, there's only one guy that actually does it. It's you, Keith. So I need to be friends with everyone. Okay. These are actually, look at this. Can you imagine going into the oil field with this flexion? Look at this right here. Jeez. This is how you got to walk in Wranglers. Everybody here... What do you do when you go home? You put sweats on. Guess what these are? Sweats that look good. Why am I trying to sell skinny jeans right now? I'm trying to like, okay. I'm looking for an increase in the percentage of men that wear skinny jeans in our church. That's how I know we're really growing spiritually. Okay. There's such hatred. (laughs) Over here, you're going to need this message today because today, this is not a lie, we're going to talk about how to love people. (laughs) Now, truth be told, you know, when it comes to accepting people into our life, this may sound really, really simple, but we will not accept people into our life if we don't like people. Did you hear it? We won't let people into our life if we don't love them. If we don't learn to see people the way that God sees them, if we don't learn to love people well, we we actually have to love people to actually let them into our life. And the truth be told, I believe that in, in this day, in this culture, it's actually harder to love people than ever before. And you want to know why it's harder to love people than ever before? Because we know more about people. Through social media, 
we're able to get into people's lives. People don't hold back. We know their political view. We know how awesome their birthday parties are. We know, we know everything that they do. We get to see the highlight reel of their life. And truth be told, I don't know if you've noticed or I don't know if you've ever heard this before. It's actually scientifically proven that people who spend more time on Facebook actually get more depressed. It's true. You want to know Why? Because if we're not careful, when we get around everybody's greatness and we get around everybody's highlight reel, I don't know if you've ever done this. Actually, I do know that you've done this. You're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, and here comes that person, and you can't scroll fast enough to get past it. Oh, here we go again. Let's hear what they have to say about Trump now, you know, all the time. And if we're not careful, we can get very cynical. We can get very judgmental. And truth be told, our heart I believe today there's going to be a turning back today to people because our heart has actually turned from one another. Look at what Jesus said. John chapter 13. He says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. I'm giving you a new commandment. There's a reason Jesus didn't make this a suggestion because if he suggested it, we would not do it. He made it a commandment. I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so today I want to title the message, Loving People Well. Loving People Well. Let's pray real fast. God, we just we thank you for this moment and these moments that we get to spend around your word and um, just to spend in your presence. God, we, we ask that you do something special today. And that we don't just hear a message, but the message gets deep down into our heart, into our soul, and like, it, like it's created to do. We allow today, as believers, we allow the word, we allow the spirit of God, we allow people around us, we allow anything today to change us from the inside out to look more like you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 How many of you have that one person in your life that you love, but they make it really, really hard? Anybody? Anybody? You, you, you have those people, you know, that they're just like you love them. All right, if they're next to you, don't look at them. But you love them, but they are just, they make it hard to love. And, and I just felt like as a good friend and a good pastor, I just wanted to let you know, more of those people are coming to your life in the next few weeks. Because what I've heard is they tend to hang out at events known as Thanksgiving <laughs> and Christmas. These people that, are, <laughs> that we love, but they make it hard. They're hard to love. You know, Jesus, he was no stranger. He was no stranger to, um, to, to loving hard people. In fact, I would, I'd venture to say that he hung out with 12 of them for a really long time. 12 disciples that... Just didn't make it easy for him to love them. He, he, they they kind of made it. They kind of made it hard. They kind of did some stupid things. They kind of did some things that they should have known better. They, you know, here they are walking around with Jesus. Jesus knows he's Jesus, and they're like, "You're, you're supposed to be my follower. Come on." He walked around with people that were honestly hard to love. And there's a story that I want us to dive into today that I think just really carries the heart of God. It carries the heart of Jesus, and it, and it really shows us how to love hard people. 
It shows us what love actually looks like. It shows us what we should do. In fact, as we read this, you'll see that Jesus says to do the very thing that he does in this scripture. So I want to share this story with you in John chapter 13, verse 1. It's the story of Jesus when he washed the disciples' feet. Let's read this together in verse 1. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. Now, here's what you have to understand. This is uh, the disciple John. He's actually writing this. And I love this next comment. Look at what he says. He says, he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. And I kind of got to laughing as I read this multiple times this week because John needs to let everybody know, like, he started out loving us, and he lived with us for three and a half years, and he's still loving us at the end. In other words, we made it hard on Jesus, but he's loving us to the very end. It was time, it was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table. I want you to picture this. Jesus got up from the table. He took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Typical Peter fashion, he exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Not really sure how he kind of got the California girl in that right there, but he washed my hands and my head, Lord. All right, all right. Jesus replied, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. He's talking of Judas. That is what he meant when he said not all of you are clean. Verse 12, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. This is what he's saying to us today. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. It's a powerful story, isn't it? Here we find Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Not that you need to really know this, but this was washing of the feet was something that the, the, the lowest servant would do. This was the, the, the greatest act of humility. Here, people didn't have tennis shoes, or high, they, weren't, they, weren't, they were walking on dirty roads, and Jesus got down to wash his disciples' feet. This was such a, a humble act by him. And can I just say, it wasn't very pleasant. And he gets down to wash their feet. And I can't help but think, as the disciples are sitting there watching Jesus wash their feet, they're thinking, I, I know this man. He's walked on water. He's preached to thousands. He's healed the blind. He's, he's raised people from the dead. 
He's done all these miracles. He turned water into wine. He just, this is, this is the Jesus, and he's washing my feet. Isn't it crazy that here in the last moments that Jesus spent on earth, catch this today, these are the last, this last couple moments he had with his disciples. The time that, that they spent together, it was not about the disciples doing something for Jesus. It was about Jesus doing something for the disciples. Notice Jesus was like, hey, by the way, I'm leaving forever. Maybe a party or something. Maybe throw me a party. Maybe, maybe do something special for me because I'm leaving. Jesus never said that. No, actually, he went to go do special things for them. You know, what I found interesting about this story is right after or right before we read this story, notice what it says. It says that the enemy, the devil, had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. Did you know that when Jesus washed the disciples' feet that Judas was still there? Judas was still a part of the washing of the feet. I got to thinking, like, Jesus, couldn't you have waited a little bit longer? Like, like, did you know that in this story, it's right after this. They begin to eat, and, and, and in the middle of eating, Jesus says, hey, Judas, go and do what you know you're going to do. Judas actually gets up from the table and goes and betrays Jesus. It says right before the story that, that, that Satan had placed this in his heart. In other words, when Jesus was washing Judas' feet, he knew he would betray him. Betrayal was already in his heart, and yet Jesus was still washing his feet. It was moments after that he sent him away. And I'm like, Wait, Jesus, it, was, it wasn't too long after that you let him leave. Like, that would have been one less pair of feet you had to wash, number one, that's worth that. But much less wash the feet of somebody to, who's, who's going to betray you. It made an impact on me this week, and I, I began to ask the Lord, like, how... How on earth? How do we love like that? Because Jesus said, he said, I've given you an example to follow. Do this. He said early in the scripture we, we, we read, he said, how will the world know that you're, you're my disciples, your love for one another? He said, I'm giving you a new command, love each other. And then he says this, love each other like I love you. We're supposed to love each other like Jesus loves us? How, on, how are we supposed to do this, God? I believe what I learned from the story, what God would say to you today. So you want to know how to love people like Jesus loves them. You want to know how to be able to sit in front of a, a man who's going to betray you and wash his feet? It's how we love people. We love people by separating what they do from who they are. We separate the things that people do from who they are. We separate people's humanity from their true identity in God. In other words, we don't judge people and we don't look at them as the sinner. We don't look at people as the person who does wrong or the person who always messes up, the person who never has anything good to say. In other words, we don't categorize people as the gossiper or the stealer or the unfaithful 
And can I just say today, I'm not talk, today I'm talking about a, a, a relationship that believers have with other believers. Uh, please don't use this as in your marriage, honestly. Um, or or there, there are certain circumstances where you need to get out of certain relationships. Just know that. But when it comes to our relationship with one another, if we can actually separate what people do from who they are, we'll actually begin to see people the way that God sees them. Come on, people are hard to love. People mess up. People betray you. People are rude to you. People have messed up your life. I know these things. But it doesn't sound really familiar how God sees us. He literally says we're sons even when we're sinners. He even says that we're righteous even when we spend six days acting unrighteous. He says that we're forgiven even when we do not deserve it. When God looks on humanity, he doesn't see you for who you are. He sees you covered in the blood of Jesus, forgiven from all sin, pure, righteous, holy. And I just, uh, I, this, this is crazy. If, if God chooses to see us that way, who do we think we are to see people any different? This is the God, and he chooses to see people this way. If I'm a follower of Jesus, if I'm a son, I'm going to look like my dad. I'm going to act like my dad. I want to see people through the eyes of my father. Come on, if you've lost your hope, and I believe there's a lot of people in here today who have lost their hope in humanity, lost their hope in people. It's time to be restored today. It's time that your heart that's turned away turns back to people. If you were really honest with yourself, deep down the inside, you would admit, I don't believe in people. I don't want to get close to people. People hurt. People have hurt me. I've put my faith in people before, and they failed me time and time again. Can I just tell you, you can't stop loving people. You're not allowed to stop loving people. Jesus commanded us, love your fellow believer. Love the people in this church. Love the body of Christ. If we want to actually make an impact on the world, they're not going to be impacted by our wisdom. They're not going to be impacted by our skinny jeans. They're not going to be impacted by our fashion or how good we look or how happy we are. You want to, let me just explain. You know, you know what the light of the world is? Our love for one another. You know what speaks more than any word you could ever say? A hug around somebody else's neck that somebody else sees kindness on your face, realness on your, a genuine love for one another. And we will not be real and we will not genuinely love one another when we hold people's actions attached to their identity. We've got to separate it. You see, we got to get past the junk to see the jewels. Got to get past the grunge to see the gold. We got to get past their flesh to see their spirit. 1 Peter 4.8, look at this. He says, above all, say above all. 
That means above everything else, above all. I love this next word, keep. Keep loving one another. Above all, keep loving one another, not just loving one another, loving one another earnestly. And look at what love does. Love covers a multitude of sin. Here's what love does. Love separates their sin from their identity. Love covers. It covers. It covers. Can I just tell you this? As believers who are maturing in the Lord, who are going after God, who are, I've I've learned this because I've experienced this. The more you mature in God, the, the easier it is for you to be judgmental towards people. Because the more that you mature, the easier it is for you to see the immaturity in other people. I was just talking to our, our, uh, our worship team and our pre-service team before this, and, and kind of they all kind of laughed. But we've, I know this. We've all had this conversation in the car at home with our wife or husband or friend, and here's what we say. Can you believe so-and-so did that? Can you believe so-and-so is still doing that? Like, what? How are they still at? How are they still where they're at? Like, how are they not grown? They're going to the same church we're going to. Like, what is up with them? If you'd be honest, slip your hand if you had that ever, ever had that conversation. Thank you, young lady. I appreciate that. This little girl's like, I have. Some people are crazy. <laughs> Our maturity, true maturity should not push us towards being more judgmental. It should actually push us to being more loving. Can I just tell you this? If we are in a place of maturity, we will never help people to get to where we are at if we use judgment. The only thing that will get people to where we are at, which is what we are called to do, is to love them there. Is to see that they're on a journey is to see that they have some things to walk through just like you have some things to walk through, is to realize that Jesus saved them just like he saved you, just to realize that they're a son just as much as you're a son, they're a daughter just as much as you are a daughter, that maybe you had the privilege and the honor of growing in some things because of the places that you were at that they never actually got to be a part of. What am I saying? Give people a break. I'm preaching to myself this morning. Give people a break. We have to love people. What I wish would be said, and I I think it's already being said about Renew Life Church, I want us to be known as a body who loves unconditionally. That we truly love one another that when people walk in these doors, they see us loving on one another and they and we love on them. And some for some of you guys are like you're like what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about tapping into the emotion that God has given every single human being. You want to know why you want to know why God created a woman? One of the reasons why there's a lot of reasons why. But you want to know one of the reasons? is so that we could get in touch with the emotional side of us. You want to know how you should act? Look at your wife. You want to know how you should act? Watch how women act with one another. Here's what I'm saying. 
we all need to start going to the bathroom together. I'm not saying that. <laughs> you need to go? I always need to go. Let's go. Just the truth. I need to close. Will you bring up that list? We know we need to love people. How do we love people well? Just a couple of examples. Support people. Just show up and support. You have no idea how much support means to people. Include people. You're going to lunch, invite somebody to lunch with you. Be patient. Isn't it interesting, 1 Corinthians 13, talking about love, what's the first thing it says? Love is, be patient. Honor. Honor one another. Honor one another in conversation. Honor should be pouring out of our mouth when we talk about somebody else. If someone were to show up to your conversation that you're having with someone else about someone else, would they hear honor? Honor shows love. Serve. Call out the gold. That's what we're really talking about today. See the good in people. See the awesomeness in people. Call out. Call out that gold in people. Oh, yeah, you may be messed up. You may be crazy. But man, I see such a gift of evangelism on you. Man, I see such a, such a gift of kindness on you. I've never seen somebody serve so well. How do you do that? What are we doing? We're speaking to the gold. We're speaking to the God in them. We gotta call out the gold. Here's a good one. Ask questions. How are you? But actually mean it. So many times, like, hey, man, what's up? How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. Just working. All right, bro, see ya. See ya. 95% of every man's conversation. Next time you ask that question, be like, hey, man, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Here's what I want you to do. Literally stop and grab them by their arm or grab their shoulder and be like, no, how are you? How are you? How are you really? How's your family? How are your kids? How's, how's work really? telling you, nothing says love like that. I really feel something really powerful in this next one. You want to know how to love people well? Listen. Good news, guys. We actually don't have to fix the situation every single time our wife talks to us. And the lady said amen. Sometimes they just want you to listen. Sometimes we just need to listen. Sometimes we just talk way too much. I even got convicted on this. I was like, uh, from a young age, it's just like, I always really felt like I was a good listener. And so I just always assumed, man, you're, you're just a really good listener. Keith, you are a, I encourage myself in the Lord. Come on, you are a good listener. And finally the Holy Spirit was like, no, no, you're not. You're not anymore. It's like, I'm not anymore? You're not anymore. Whatever, Holy Spirit, not listening to you. No, I'm kidding, I didn't say that. Like, wow, I need to work, I need to get that back into my life. Listen. Listen, physical touch, yes, this means hugs. Guys, hugs. If you need to start off with a side hug, go there. If you need to start off with a chest bump, definitely go there. But what are we working towards? We're working towards just a good front hug on a guy. That's what we're looking for. Just wrap each other up. We were actually created to actually need physical touch. 
this actually means something to somebody. Isn't it interesting that God said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He didn't just tell us to speak to the sickness. He said, go lay hands. Because there's an impartation that happens whenever we touch. And we love on one another. And when we pray for one another, this is, this is why. This is why we have people laying hands on each other in our service. Because we're loving on one another. Why do we pray for the sick? Because we love people. Why do we have words of knowledge? Because we love people. Amen. And then we encourage, encourage. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning? I just, before we go out and try to start loving people well and just do everything perfect, here's what I really want us to do. I really believe what God wants to do is I believe that he wants to give us a new heart, a new spirit. See, we actually need God to give us that heart again, that heart that is set towards people, that loves people, that accepts people. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. If you say, that's me, I want that. Would you raise your hand? Say, yep, that's, that's exactly what I need. We had hands all over the place. Thank you, God. Let's just ask him. Say, God, we ask you right now that you would give us a new heart and a new spirit. God, take out take out our stubborn, hard heart, this hard heart that is judgmental towards people that honestly doesn't like people, that doesn't really love certain types of people, uh, the, the judgment that is in there. God, we ask you right now, would you supernaturally take out that heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh? Give us a heart that's tender, that's responsive, that feels again. Restore that, restore that heart in us now. We receive it by faith right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We hope you loved our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great rest of your day.